0: Mano a Mano is a retrospective movie show for adults only. Educational, satirical, transgressive. It's just entertainment. We're not out to offend, but at the end of the day, Frank Zappa said it best. You either get it or you don't. Roll the tape. Welcome to Mano Armano, the place they're can be men. Uh, my name is Jonathan Astro and with me is Ricky Orpike. He'll play your organ with those long but delicate fingers. And Yuri G, he knows what it takes to support a strong front man. <laughs> Gentlemen. How are
1: you? Yes, yeah, very good. Good to be back.
0: It's good to be back. Um, Ricky never says that. And um, uh, I'm glad I'm not going to take it personally.
1: Well, I mean, Ricky's here all the time, though, isn't he? That's true. Is he? I I drop in once a month.
0: I I never go away. I'm always here. Well, that's true. But, like, I think it's nice. It's a really nice thing that you said. Uh, We're doing The Doors uh, 1991 (laughs) in the fucking 90s, man. The 90s, you know? They're the best. Marooned in the 90s. Mm.
2: I mean, it's great. It, it is great. It, yeah. it was a good time for male kind of centric films, right?
0: Well, I didn't want to gender it. It's not offensive to gender things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the budget of this movie: thirty-two million. Box office: thirty-four point four million. So, you know, just break just even,
2: ticking over pretty much. Break even. I, I I'm a bit scared of this of reviewing this film because the myth. Around the man Jim Morrison And the band And also the controversy Around this film Like we could be here All night talking about This fucking film
0: As Ricky's saying He doesn't want to edit A long show
2: That is true But at the same time It's almost like You, you uh, Yeah it's, it's hard to review Just the film you yes. know, without getting into a lot of trivia and a lot of, you know, back but we, and forth. But about, we sort
0: of, you know. whenever we do epic films or films with a lot of baggage or whatever, I mean, it was even this way with Casino. You just don't know where to come at it. You're like, wow, these they're, they're titans that are making these things. They're about, I mean, this is even worse because it's a, the guy that they're making it about and the guy who made it are both epic, you know, <laughs> n- n- narcissists. And, you know, and that's someone who loves Stone, by the way. He would appreciate
2: that. Well, I I think maybe a good place to start because I've seen it many times and, John, I think you've seen it several times. But, Yuri, this is your first viewing. So, from a Mm -hmm. broad perspective, did you like the film? Did you have a good time?
1: I had an okay time. And a lot of that might be down to, once again, personal experience slash baggage slash previous viewings. I think if I had seen this movie... Uh, when I was a lot younger, I would have been way more into it. Mm. But inhabiting the world of of these sort of artists um, does not interest <laughs> me anymore. <laughs> I, I used to be all about it, yeah. but now I kind of hate it. I wanted to punch Andy Warhol in the <laughs> face repeatedly. Yes. Yeah, um, fuck you, George McFly. And all that sort of pretentious bullshit, um, which I used to be desperate to be a part of, I now I'm no longer interested in. And I think the movie spends so much time with that and around that. And even, even at the beginning, his, like, Jim Morrison's short film, fuck his short film. You oh, I mean. sure. <laughs> it's, it's all that sort of stuff, which I would have absolutely fucking loved when I was younger. And I think seeing it now... Um, yeah, not not the least bit interested. So then it didn't have that much it didn't draw me in that much. I didn't love it that much. I I thought it was fine.
2: Okay. okay.
0: Was it better than the Irishman?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: okay, I just want yeah, it, it's important it's, to get gauges. <laughs>
1: Well mm-hmm. I mean the the Irishman's hard well first of all the Irishman was very boring and I wasn't <laughs> you keep that, saying I that I wasn't really bored <laughs> in in this one but also the Irishman is such for me such a colossal disappointment because it's your favorite people of,
0: doing your, the worst stuff
1: It's yeah yeah and it's 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 Pesci, it's Scorsese, it's it's De Niro, it's Pacino, Harvey Keitel rocks up. It's all my favourite fucking it, people. We
0: won't get lost in this, but aren't you um, essentially Jimmy in in Goodfellas, sitting in the courtroom looking at Henry as he's yeah. just ratting you out in front of everyone, yeah. and you're just yeah, staring bit. at Marty, just going, "You fucking <laughs> dog." A little bit. How could bit. you That's do what,
1: this? So, <laughs> so I mean, my, my my dislike of the Irishman is is maybe disproportionate. Okay. Um, because of that. All right. Well,
0: um... well, Ricky did that, did that, did did you expect that response?
2: No, I did not. Did you, did you think he was going to say, I loved it? I I didn't think he was going to love it, but you know, I thought he'd be a little bit more positive about
3: it.
0: Well, we can talk him around maybe. Uh, The guy in the film that I might, uh, I feel I I identify with, uh, maybe, you know, you guys could think about who you identify with. You know i want to say that i you know that i'm a bit of jim or something or that even i'm like ray the guy i feel like most is john densmore like he's the, the, the guy drummer. kevin the drummer who's disappointed with yeah. jim's bullshit the whole time <laughs> yes <laughs> like like i'm <laughs> i'm kind of like him now i'm just like yeah. jesus man let's just play the music
1: yeah you know? I totally I, I totally feel like that guy yes everybody
0: in the ceremony is about to begin occupation
3: gym
1: whoa you can feel it in the air planet is screaming for change Morrison we gotta make the myths.
2: Mr. Morrison, I'd like to go make a record.
3: Sure, why not? Jim Morrison, the god of rock. it <laughs> would <laughs> The network have told us that they have a problem with the lyric, Girl, we couldn't get much higher. They asked if you could say, Girl, we can't get much better. Girl, we couldn't get much higher. Yeah! I love it when you sing to me. I'm the poet, and you're my muse. You hear them out there. you they want now? They don't want me. They want my death. You're a poet, not a rock star. Uh-huh. Mr. Morrison, gone too far. Show's over. What are you gonna do about it? Shadows in the night, all around you. Shadows in the
0: by Oliver Stone by the way written by J. Randall Johnson uh, Very talented uh, uh, is uh, Oliver Stone Synopsis, here we go It's 1970 and Jim Morrison played by Val Kilmer is reflective and recording his album of poetry, American Prayer We flash back to a childhood memory Jim and his parents drive through the desert and witness a Navajo Indian who's been killed in a car crash in the desert Time skips and we meet Jim as a young man he travels to California, and there he falls in love with a hippie called Pamela Meg Ryan. He drops out of film school because he's misunderstood, but he does. But it does hook him up with a transcendental type called Ray Manzarek, played by Kyle, Kyle um, McLaughlin. They reconnect after film school, and Jim reads some of his poetry to Ray, and he's so jazzed up that uh, by, by what he hears that the pair agree to start a band called The Doors. John Densmore, Robbie Cre- and Robbie Krieger join the band, and they all start uh, playing together, playing gigs. Jim's uh, Jim takes the uh, the band out to Death Valley, and they all drop acid, uniting the band and expanding their minds. This is all also where Jim confronts the Indian uh, who was killed in the desert, and and, and images of his own death uh, at the same time. They return to California and play the famous whiskey a go go. But something's changed in Jim and, uh, and the band. Uh, he, Jim's got a new energy and the lyrics uh, uh, that he, he spouts get them ejected and blackballed from the club. They are headhunted by producer Paul A. Rothschild and signed with Elektra Records and immediately record their first album and their first hit, Light My Fire. Is it Light My Fire or do I do what the guy does in the movie? <laughs>
1: I think it's like my fire. Yeah, it is, is like my fire. Yeah, <laughs> okay. it's not like that
2: fire. Light that
0: fire, because they keep saying, <laughs> <laughs> "Light that." It's called "Light that fire." <laughs> uh, we'll get into that. Anyway, their song "Light my fire" blows them up into into the big time. They play the song on an, on the iconic Ed Sullivan show. Jim gets them blackballed again by singing the line, "Girl, we can't get much higher" on national TV, which is a no-no. Jim then becomes infatuated by his own image as his fame grows. Uh, He begins drinking and partying heavily, hooking up with a group of hangers-on through his association with Andy Warhol. Jim becomes involved with rock journalist Patricia Keneally, who also gets him to flirt a little bit with witchcraft. Uh, His relationship with Pam and the band are also on the rocks when he begins to fuck up at work. He turns up late, drinks incessantly and exposes himself on stage, allegedly. He's arrested and put on trial for obscenity. Meanwhile, Pam is also dabbling in heroin and Jim is also becoming restless with the doors and uh, and they're also getting weary of him. Patricia tells Jim that she's pregnant and Jim convinces her to get an abortion. Jim is found guilty of obscenity but allowed to stay out on bail pending appeal. He tells the band that he's moving to Paris with Pam and they farewell each other at a children's birthday party uh, to finish the film. Jim sees the shaman... That he's been seeing throughout the whole film one last time And says, this is the strangest life I've ever known Paris 1971, Pam finds Jim dead in a bathtub The final scenes show us Jim's adorned gravesite in Paris Amongst other luminaries such as Oscar Wilde and Chopin
2: Bummer uh, but No, but, no, but then, then it has that video clip type scene Where he's singing in the house And they do L.A. Woman Yes yeah. the, So that's the the credits are rolling though yeah, but well, I don't know because Oliver Stone he he purposely put that in there to try and make it not a bummer.
0: Yeah, I know why he's done it. Yeah, he blew it. it's a bummer.
2: It, it is still a bummer. Yeah, like
0: like it, you know, what do you what do you reckon, Yuri? When when the credits roll and there's just some extra shit,
1: I I tuned out.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, look, I I, I he should have he should have had, had like fulsomely had them play because the thing is, imagine if Pulp Fiction ended, like you know. Before the diner or something, and they, like you know, and then just over the credits, we've got like Vince and Jules walking out of the diner, and and you go, this one, like the only reason it works is because it's in the movie, and we go, yeah. you know, because mm. so. you want to resurrect, um, you know, Vince. Anyway, small small stuff. I don't even know where to fucking start. Maybe I just want to start massive before we get to myopic, uh, into line readings. Uh, so, Carolco Pictures. Whenever I see this logo, I've said it before. I feel happy in my entire body. Okay.
2: Yeah. What about TriStar? I would always feel happy when TriStar came on. On. Well, yep. that,
0: that's a good one. But I'll read you out Mario Kassar and Andrew Vajna. Some of their juicy stuff. I've done it before. First Blood, Rambo Plot Two, uh, Angel Heart. They will. They live and Prince of Darkness. Both John Carpenter films. Total Recall, Terminator Two, Basic Instinct, Universal Soldier, Chaplain, Showgirls, Cliffhanger, and all the other ones in between, which 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 aren't as big as those ones I just mentioned. So, I love these guys. They're, 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 these guys are my guys. Totally. You know.
1: It's like when they came on, I'm like, oh man, I miss seeing these logos. Yeah. It wasn't even necessarily the next step of I miss the movies. These logos, man. I j- I just miss the logos themselves now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, there's a lot of d- the dumb ones now. But um, yeah, so that was the first thing I thought when I saw uh, when I saw that logo. I was like, "Wow, I love," because something you know, you get a lot of the same actors. You get a lot of, um, you know, uh, sensibility and, and and you know, and just the fact that they like to work with Oliver Stone and Paul Verhoeven, you know, says everything mm. to me. I'm like, "Well, they get it. They know what what's good," you know. Um, so, you know, and I think it says a lot that. Um, was it one of the quotes i read in in a book i've got on uh, on Oliver Stone Oliver, Oliver Stone experience um uh he mentions that Mario Casar the producer wanted to make a Fellini film wanted this to be like a Fellini film yeah which is we've just done a bit of Fellini it so.
2: it, it has elements of that
0: no oh, you just you just you're just, you're, saying, you're just saying that he did they did, did, did unsuccessful
2: well <laughs> It's not, uh, and it has, you know, it has surrealist moments in it, it but does. it's not, it's not as big as, as, well, it's not as weird as Fellini, I guess.
0: Well, no, it's not. But then again, in the American tradition, I guess it is, it, you know, th- there is an Indian, naked Indian, like, there throughout is, the yeah. whole movie. Yeah. And yeah. there's a lot of weird stuff in it, but, but do you know what it is? Like, this movie was so iconic. It was huge. Yeah. It was ripped off in... Well, homage—I'll even say—in in Wayne's, uh, Wayne, Wayne's World,
1: I was, Two. I was yeah. just going to say it, it made me understand Wayne's World Two a lot more. <laughs> but,
2: but all these years, you've been like, "What's the fucking naked Indian in Wayne's World 2?
1: Look, I knew it was—I knew it must have been a reference to something—and then I kind of assumed the doors, given that Jim Morrison rocks up, right. even though in this one, I was—I was waiting for like the small, the small round sunnies. He never—he never, he never <laughs> pulled him out in this movie.
0: If you <laughs> book them, they will come. Yeah,
1: but like there, there was like other things. Yeah, like the 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 reading the poetry sort of stuff. Like there was more references than I thought there was. What about
0: all the what about the Simpsons, the Krusty the Clown stuff?
1: Well, actually, another thing, like oh wait,
0: no, it's not Krusty. It's the B sharps. Is it the B sharps when they get because they do the moment the Ed Sullivan moment can you change can you change the lyrics to one of your songs no
1: that was that was the chili peppers singing on yes. um, the crusty comeback special <laughs> yes, it was Krusty, yes. but, but not uh crusty does do uh <laughs> on the he, he's doing like a career retrospective it does flash back to a show of him from the 70s singing um break on through to the other side Ah. Mm. and um, there's a later episode. It's like it's after they started getting a little bit shitty but didn't go too far where Homer sings part of This Is The End um, as is Contemplating Suicide, mm-hmm. mm. and it wasn't until watching this movie that I realised that maybe my introduction to two of The Doors' biggest songs was The Simpsons.
0: Yes, but it's like, that's always the way, isn't it? The Simpsons is behind embarrassingly a lot of our... A lot of our knowledge,
1: but also I love like um, I'd not heard all of this is the end, um, including the bit that got them kicked out of the bar, um, the the whiskey go go, sorry, yes, mm. which is about killing the father and fucking the mother all night long, mm. and it's like, well, they had Homer singing part of that song, <laughs> so <laughs> it's a great like I, I don't think they'd be doing that anymore on The Simpsons.
0: No. So I mean but the so a lot of these things, this movie had such cut through and you know But it didn't do well though, no, financially. But it didn't do well, but it but it was still ubiquitous. It still was everywhere. Um and it was big enough that we all that people knew about it and knew and knew scenes from it and you know, I, I do remember it being um people being pretty lukewarm even back then.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well th- th- there's a number of issues, like I think it, it's a bit weird for a lot of people, but then also, um, it it has a number of sort of historical inaccuracies in there and some liberties that that Stone took with different characters. Who's and stuff the film that, made for? You know, that's well, the yeah, question exactly. And I've I've been thinking about this a lot this week because I've I've seen this move movie in various stages of my life. So you know, I saw it as as sort of a young teen. Saw it, you know, a bunch of times. Then saw it a bit more as a young adult in my twenties. Seen it again, I think, in my th- in my thirties, and now, you know, I saw it last week, and I think I like it much more now than I did when I was younger. Because because when you're younger, you you want it to be like. Um, a biopic. You know, yeah, you want it to be like the Ray Charles biopic. Yeah. you want to know. You, you want to know, yes. know that the, the you know sort of like the chronological order of how the band got together, how they rehearsed, yes, you know, literal. all that sort of stuff. Very literal, and I think now it's like. What what the fuck would you need that for? Like, if I wanted that, I'd 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 rather watch a really good documentary about the Doors that had actual clips and interviews with people that that knew everyone and and even you know the remaining Doors themselves. And so 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 yeah, what is this film for? If you can if you can see a documentary about this, perfect
0: so, reference there to the Ray Charles biopic. That's exactly the, 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 the one I always think about. It's, I think yeah. that might even be fucking Jay- who is it? Like um Jamie Fox Taylor. Taylor Hackford maybe directed it. Um, Jamie Foxx is yeah. in it. And that, to me, is the perfect co- – I mean, you could even throw Walk the Line to a lesser
1: extent. I, I was thinking Walk the Line. But, but
0: they're both oh, – I think Walk the Line, I think I enjoyed that a bit more, James Mangold's mm. but But having said that, they're both fucking literal as, yeah. as all get out and way too reverent and way – Oliver Stone does not give a fuck – about anyone or anything and he says like like he's doing his best and and i'm sure he does He is trying to help everyone but at the same time he is he has totally taken over this movie and taken over the band he's put them all in it as well but at the same time he's he's just as big as jim in this movie you know and there's this melding of all of ollie and jim into yeah. this this which i think is great like i mean artists commenting on other artists or artists infusing themselves into other artists work is is one of the joys of art and the fact that and the fact that um rayman seemingly can't recognize that uh, yeah. for a very smart guy i started reading his book and i'm really enjoying it um i thought i was going to think he was a real dick um, but at the same time, being a bit older now, I see the I see everyone's point. You know what I mean? Like, I can see where he's maybe coming from. This is the organist for anyone who doesn't who doesn't know played by uh, uh, Kyle. And um, uh, I just thought, he, but the fact I mean, Ray should be the one coming out saying. The more I think about it, like you know, although a lot of his stuff didn't happen, you know, it's it's it has a, it has a truth that that transcends reality, hmm. and you go.
1: I read that one quote that uh, I'm not sure which one you guys sent through about um, what Ray said. Part of the reason why he hated the movie was he didn't like Jim as he was portrayed in the movie. And I actually completely agreed with him. And for me, that's uh, probably the biggest flaw of the movie. I didn't particularly like him. I thought Val Kilmer's performance was great and there was something likeable about Val, but I didn't like Mm. the Jim character. I didn't see too many... like amazing singer songwriter but apart from that i didn't see like really too many redeeming features for we him. only saw him being normal
0: and nice once and that was yes. like with those yeah. kids at the end like or with, yeah. with, with ray's wife at the very end he's like hey hey and he's being normal and you go oh man that could have been earlier on a little yeah. some of that or yeah. there that wasn't
1: stuff. i mean it, it's a little bit typical but uh, like in walk the lion um he had the the trauma of seeing his brother get killed and his dad being a piece of shit to him for his entire life and even afterwards. So it kind of gave you a a villain to justify some of the alcoholism and self-indulgence and some of the bad behaviour and all the rest of it. And this one didn't quite have that. So even though I actually, I think opposite to you, Ricky, I think I actually liked, um, would have liked the surrealist stuff a lot more when I was younger um, now I was kind of missing that bit of I, I want to empathize with this guy a little bit more. Like mm. I'm just not feeling bad for him. I, I just feel like every shitty situation he's ever gotten into was his own doing.
2: Yeah. Well, that's that. I, I think I, I completely agree with you, and that's my problem with the film, is that you, you see Jim as an annoying pothead space cadet, mm. and then once the doors get famous, he's an off-the-rails abusive drunk. And, you know, surely there were times in between when he was lucid and a likable guy, you know, because the doors would never have formed if people couldn't stand this guy, mm. you know. Mm. So you needed to see a bit more of that. But
0: doesn't it hinge on how good you think his poetry is? So if you think that he's, that he, you're hearing Wordsworth, like you're hearing amazing, like legendary poetry, then... <sighs> you know, I feel like then you're, you're having to deal with this, oh, wow, like that's just the sort of guy I think would come up with that and and he must have been really difficult, but it was so good to be around someone who could create, who could just say those things and be that guy. And um, Well, it was definitely difficult,
2: but there, there must have been times He must have he had a bit of more humour Yes. Yeah.
0: you know, but but Ollie was not interested in that.
1: That was that quote that Manzarek said. He said, you know, this is not the gym I knew, who was a lot kinder and nice and all the rest of it and yeah sure there was some alcoholism and all all the other stuff but um and just to kind of come back to your point a little bit astro about um artists commenting on artists what are we to make of the fact that oliver stone cast himself as his as jim morrison's well uh film school lecturer
0: he cast himself as martin scorsese because martin scorsese was ollie's nyu professor and right. so, and so he goes. I was a little bit. He he. And he, and he said that he 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 said. I remember. The, I've heard the commentary a million times. And he goes like, um, he talks about that 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 um, he was a lot more uh, uh, nasty in this movie than than, um, than than Marty was in real life. Marty would have been a lot more supportive. But that's what he was mm. doing. And I love that scene because he's just he's just great. The way he just goes like, you know. Nazis, uh, dancing bears, masturbation—what's next? Pretty pretentious, there, Jim. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just,
2: just, just, the best. <laughs>
0: so good. He's also—he's also the guy asked the questions at the airport. Um, you can hear him. All oh, right. Ah, yeah. right. Well,
2: that's that—that's that, another one of uh, Manseric's gripes: is that that student film is not actually Jim's student film. Oh,
0: shut up, Manzarek. For a guy, I mean, seriously. In, but in the first, he's such an interesting guy. In the first yes. chapter, Manzarek's talking about, he's talking about the chakras and like, you know, the universe. And he's he's really literate, like uber literate. And yeah. and this is just so, uh, so, he's being such a pedant about it. I feel like saying, do you really just not like Oliver Stone? Is that what it is?
2: The other thing is, it's really hard to to really uh, kind of get your head around it because obviously there's a lot of jealousy going on, uh, and there may have been egos, and there may have been tension, like you know when the band broke up and all that sort of stuff, and then they're they're sort of being brought together after all these years, and so, and, and the other thing is, Ray Manzarek he had his own script ready to go for the Doors, and Oliver Stone didn't like it and that there's you know there's this conflict there too because Manzarek he wanted the film to be equally about the four band members you know and it uh, I, I have read that Stone tried repeatedly to get Manzarek involved but and this is a quote all he did was rave and shout he went on for 3 hours about his point of view i didn't i didn't want Ray to be dominant but Ray thought he knew better than anybody than everybody else <laughs> so
0: but i mean look it's 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 interesting i mean it's all played out now so ray's made his contribution an awesome band legendary band great work all that oliver stone's made his he's an incredible filmmaker i don't think you know i mean unless there was something holding ray back from making all the films that um you know he could have um we've got a lot of evidence to suggest that oliver stone knew what he was doing for a very very long time like You know, he's made incredible contributions and and the risks and and some of the shit that that Ray's saying is so disrespectful um, considering, I mean, the the level of talent that Oliver Stone has as a filmmaker. Like, there's shit in this movie that should be laugh out loud. It should be like, I mean, there's stuff that, that you just go, I can't believe. I mean, that Indian stuff it should just be like sitcom. Like that should just, we should just be laughing our asses <laughs> off it. But it's he makes it like he wins you over somehow because yeah. of his the way he's directed it and, and what he's told the actors and you know what he what him and uh, and Pietro Scalero who whoever, whoever edited this one have um have, have done in the edit room and, and the rest of it. And it's just to, it's just I don't know. Like is it reality? No, but as you say, let's watch a fucking doco for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, And he, man Man comes
2: across as a total dick too.
1: Yeah. They kind of both come across as dicks, really. Like <laughs> right. this kind of artistic, egotistical. The guys who you think would dicks. make
0: this movie and make their music.
1: Yeah, yeah. Who you imagine would make would help form the Doors? Who you imagine would make all of Oliver Stones' movies? It's like, yeah, okay,
2: yeah. But but if Ray took a little bit bit of a different tact, a bit more of a diplomatic tact, and just went, you know it's a great film. It, it's not exactly what went down, but you know, what a ride. You know, I mean you could've he could have left even out if that, you just you know
1: even if you just stopped at Jim was a great guy and this Jim is a piece of shit. Because that's the only real gripe. Hmm. Whether he did or didn't graduate US, UCLA film school really doesn't fucking matter. If if he didn't set Pam's closet on fire, if he did that to another girl, doesn't matter. But the thing about Jim not being a good human being or a bad human being—that's the one thing that kind of does. So if you mm. if you just stopped it there, but I don't know. I'll buy that. It's if um, if these guys were reasonable, amenable human beings, would they make the art that they make? Would they have the drive, the ego, the whatever to push through and and you know? Well, you know, break on through to the other side. If oh, I can, if I can use a shitty pun.
0: No, you can and uh, so I've been watching this all week, right? And so Katie walks in, it's my wife, and she says she just watches and she goes she goes and this, like there's a pause and she just goes, Yeah, I'm not really into the doors. Too much organ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she just left she just le- left it. <laughs> too much organ. And I was like, Okay, all right. Anyway, I watched the film about ten times. So um Yes, I, a question I have, uh, perhaps to bring about down to earth, uh, Patricia McNeely, uh, her character in the film, oh, no, Patricia Keneally, sorry. Um, why witches got to be so gross? You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, they're sort of... Cause, I think the real woman plays the high priestess that marries them or whatever.
2: She does, yeah. And Makes a cameo. Uh,
0: sorry for to tri- take your trivia, but um, trivia, <laughs> yeah. But you know, there's something about them that's like they should be sexy, right? Like because they're they're into nudity and screwing, um, yeah. But then, but they sort of they're 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 a bit gross, you know.
1: Well, that was, I think, it was one of Meg Ryan's favorite lines when she looked at her and she goes, I can't, like, did you actually put your dick in that? I think she says something along those lines. Yeah, like, yeah,
2: yeah,
0: And you were like, yeah. You,
2: yeah, yeah. And he, what, he, he says sometimes, doesn't he? And
0: he's playing it for comedy. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes. Like, he sort of, like, <laughs> reads before he says it, I think, which is nice.
1: Well, actually, that that was the thing that I, like, even when he was being a piece of shit, the way Val Kilmer played it really took, like, the edge off for me. He was still something so likeable about him. And, and even when he's, like, setting the, the, the closet on fire, it, it doesn't kind of seem as horrible and malicious as I think if it, were, if it was well, someone else doing it. And it kind of, it maybe ties in with something he says at the end about his, I can't remember the exact quote, but he was someone with the soul of a clown. Mm. hmm so it always seems a little bit like it's not as, it's, it's, like maybe it's not quite as serious as it's meant to be. And, and, and that's kind of hats off to Val Kilmer there, I think, um, well, for that one. And
0: he never smacked her around. So,
1: no, but I mean, throwing her in a closet and setting her on fire.
0: It felt know, like he was on his was tripping as well, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. they were all tripping. I mean, mm. you know. Yeah.
2: So, well, Keneally, the, the, the high priestess. In this in this film, and she gets married to to Morrison in a in a Wiccan ceremony, which actually happened, and she was quite hurt because in the film, Jim is kind of, you know, he he, he just did the marriage for for laughs pretty much, and he wasn't that serious. But apparently in real life, he, he was more serious about it. But um, everyone's saying
0: everyone's saying that oh no no Jim Jim was like yes. you know. He was definitely, you know, all things to me. Well, yes. well,
2: this is what's funny because she, uh, Patricia Keneally, actually has taken his last name, even though they're not not officially married. It's so massive. she goes by Patricia uh, Patricia Keneally Morrison.
0: That's Putin move. That's saying we own the Don Basque now. We've yes, signed the papers. I know, so. but then,
2: but then she's sort of used it to to leverage and to market herself as a murder mystery writer like she had a career as a a rock critic writing for Rolling Stone and all sorts of publications but then later on in life she's writing these like endless murder mystery books leaning heavily on her interest in rock and her time as a rock critic and they all have play on titles as well so you've got Ungrateful Dead, Murder at the Fillmore, California Screaming, Murder at Monterey Pop, Love Him Madly, Murder at the Whiskey, a, like hard, a Hard Slay's Night, Murder at the Royal Albert Hall, oh, this and Scareway scare to Heaven, Murder at the Fillmore East.
0: Oh, this is, come on, this is great. I really appreciate that. She's niched down, like she's not, like there's actually... You know, she's not. Um, there is an order and a coherence to what she's doing. Like yeah. it's playing upon, and she's marketed as So, again the hustle. You got to appreciate yeah. the hustle and just totally taking Jim Morrison's name. I would if I could.
1: Yeah. Well, I imagine on the cover of her books, you know how when you see the the author's name, I imagine Morrison is giant and her <laughs> first two <her> names are <laughs> <a> tiny.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like that O.J. Simpson book. You know how I did it? Oh no, if I did it, if, oh, I, no, did if I did it, yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, so what, it's, I did it. Is that is that the yes? Yeah, I did right, it right. is really big, and if is like if, tiny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but let's let's talk about another female character, uh, Meg Ryan's character. Okay. Now I got a question: Is is Meg Ryan good? And no. A, a, am I in the minority if I say I hate her dumb face?
1: I hate her dumb face. All right. Well, well, I hate her dumb face outside of a rom com.
0: Yeah. Well, look. The, are we? You got to be more specific, Ricky. You're talking about in her role as Pam, or just in general? Is she both? Okay. All right. Well, I think in terms of this movie, it's contentious. So, and in the in that in that book, uh, the Olive of the sun experience, it's fascinating because um, the author Matt Stoller Zeiss, I think his name is Matt Zoller Zeiss, He says, "Oh, you know, P- Pam's been sort of, or, or Meg Ryan's uh, been sort of unfairly." Lambasted about about her performance, but it actually suits the fact that um, Pam is was rather bland, and maybe Jim liked that. And then um, uh, and and Ollie, he's he's punishing. He's just like nah. He's like you know she's possible, and and he just says she couldn't get out of the way of her of of the you know of herself. And he go, and then he, in the he says basically like, and this is what's the best. He goes so that he's in she, she she's in bed with with Jim and um. She, her, you see her titty, Yuri. Okay, you listening? See that titty?
1: Oh, I I already know what you're gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> and he says. He says.
0: Ollie says she tries to cover up uh, when when. But look, it is when when Jim's being a piece of shit to her, and then she sort of like covers up. But it is it's it's a it it does. So Ollie's saying that that that's Meg. That's not Pam. And the fact that um. Kathleen Quinlan is so generous later on. like She's just uninhibited. It's mm. all out and she doesn't care. And yep. there's something very natural about that. And Meg does have this. And the point is she just hit with When Harry Met Sally. And so in answer to your other question, Ricky, in general, When Harry Met Sally is the proof that Meg Ryan is, has a, a contribution. Uh, uh, but I don't know other than that if she's got a lot of... Else going on? What what do um, we think?
2: I don't. Know. I'm struggling to, to think of anything I've seen her in that I like, other than when Harry met Sally. There's an annoying film she does with uh, Hugh Jackman. I can't even remember what it's called, but it's, I remember thinking she was so bad in that. Yes, I mean there's you know
1: Sleepless, and you've got Mail, um, but yeah. yeah, I I remember really starting to dislike her watching Proof of Life.
0: Oh yeah, she's a bit annoying in that.
1: But but um, she 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 just she's just not. Good Outside that That rom-com genre She's fun in French Kiss Yeah Yeah But she's Like I think she has Zero range And Mm. Mm. I think the things That make her likable In rom-coms Make her unlikable In Something serious
0: Well because she's Her her boundaries She's got too many boundaries To be in a movie like this Fellini movies You know You can't have or, Or an Oliver Stone movie You can't have boundaries and she's she's got a lot. Mm. So yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. But yeah, Ollie's punishing. And I love imagine saying that now. Imagine saying, Oh yeah, she covered up with Teddy. Like everyone would just go like, you know, you're they'd done. Go, yeah. Of course. That's okay. what you should do. Yeah, you pig right. man. <laughs> they would, they'd say, Yeah, and she <laughs> should have had a dick. <laughs> no. <what> no. I, <laughs>
1: She, she should cover up her titties unless she's also got a dick. Yes, yes that's, yes. What yes. that's <laughs> true. Though.
0: No, but that is true. I know Ooh. we're being a little bit naughty, but that is true. Like there, you know, it, it, the rules are. It's disgusting <laughs> if a woman does it. But if a trans, if trans woman does it, it's it's fucking beautiful.
2: Mm. Well, you you mentioned Indians. And that, that's another question, is what the fuck is up with all the Indians? But there's a great review of the film from the Chicago Tribune that came out the year that, that the film came out. And it talks a lot about the Indian thing. So um, I've got a, 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 like a little bit here to read from that, which kind of sheds light on that. Um so it said, the rock star this, uh, was the son of a Vietnam admiral who uh, who he disowned and never spoke to after achieving fame. Morrison preferred to believe his spiritual father was a Native American, and to this day his fans consider him a shaman, a god, a medicine man. Director Stone supports that link with the uh, American Indian Um so it says and and that uh where oliver stone reenacts that that uh, that car crash that happens on the highway with the indians that's actually a, a, a something that happened that morrison experienced when he was when he was young and he he tells that story in his introduction to ghost song which is on an american prayer album um, and Stone said that that a lot of people in the crew warned him against putting all the American Indian stuff in there. And uh, here's a quote. He said, I just did it because it implies the poetic spirit that moved inside Jim, a holier a pre-Christian spirit uh, involved in primal elements, a spirit that looked upon death uh, as a friend and not an enemy. I've got one more quote here. and This is from our man, Ray Manzarek, um, keyboardist for The Doors. Ray told Oliver Stone that uh, at concerts, Jim would come up with these wild yells that just ripped from his bowels. Uh, he swore there was a red soul in there. Jim walked. Uh, Jim walked, like he always was wearing moccasins. It wasn't the walk of a white man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a bit kind of a, a bizarre cro- quote there. From, that's in
0: a real article as well.
2: Yeah,
1: the cultural appropriation in this movie and by all involved. Is disgusting
2: well
0: it, it remind you know there was a I, this the sad thing is I remember a time when I used to watch this movie and be really taken by that interpretation of Oliver stones and really really beguiled by the beauty of of you know of what's happening of, of, of exactly the way he said it of, of, of being you know of the spirits coming into you and and experiencing that and now the new ideology has, has, perv- has made that, has ruined that for the moment. And I think we should reclaim it um, in the long term.
1: I enjoyed it. Yeah. Those parts, as a first time viewer at this age, you know, I, I thought that stuff worked great.
2: Well, my, my, my favorite scene is probably the big concert uh, where they sing uh, Not to Touch the Earth. Is that what it's called? Yeah, Not to Touch the Earth. And they have that big bonfire in the middle, and mm. dancing around. And there's there's a part where Jim is dancing around the bonfire, but he's also on stage singing. And then there's like Indian stuff happening. And then mm, Ray, you know, is of,
0: it when Ray looks and sees him dancing with the Indians on stage? Yes,
2: yeah. There's yeah. That's all part of this big scene. And then you know there are people taking the clothes off, dancing naked, which is you know I respect that as well. <laughs> you know.
1: Yes, yes,
3: yes.
1: Well, actually, Astro, something you kind of put to me before I'd actually seen this movie was that, um, uh, the bald, uh, naked Indian dude who keeps showing up oh, and you, you wondered if, yeah. Um, I was noticing him all the time and <laughs> okay. I'd forgotten what you said. And, and then I just started going, what does this fucking bald guy keep popping? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's meant to keep popping up. But, um,
0: but here's the thing in Hollywood movies, you you can't just do it twice and go oh did you see death we put him in there twice he's got a I've seriously he's in there about nine times
1: <laughs> oh yeah yeah he's everywhere but and, uh, right, like, and the
0: last time we see him he's just he is just got the white face and he's holding up little Jim and yes. looking at him and you go oh he's death so yeah. you've really got you've really got to give it to people you can't just you know
1: mm. I know my thing was that that I think you had said that it was subtle
0: oh I thought it was but then this time I watched it and I realized it's not.
3: No.
0: Yeah. He's mm-hmm. even the, um, a crossdresser at one point. Yeah, that mm. Andy Warhol's. Um, yeah, factory. yeah,
2: yeah. He keeps oh, he? popping up. I think I, yeah. I think I missed that.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't actually take account, but if you told me he's in there 10 times, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, he's consistently throughout, he just keeps popping in. Yes. But um, yeah, no, I wouldn't, until that very final scene, I wouldn't have. And maybe even with that final scene, I would have questioned what he was and maybe wouldn't have really got, got it that he was death.
0: And then we might have talked about it after Over Coffee and it yeah. would have been good. It would have. it would have been a good movie instead yeah. of everything for, else. For
1: adults with some yes. artistry in it.
0: Yes. There's so many people in this movie that I love. There's so many performances that I love. I don't even know where to start. Obviously, I think Kyle McLaughlin. Is part of the reason I like Raymond's Eric because <laughs> he's, he's yeah. we all need a friend like this in our lives a hype man we need someone who's just like pumped he's just you know he says that's a great fucking lyrics man like he's just <laughs> he's just on board from the minute and, and he even leans down he's done his shitty short film and he goes he goes because he goes, hey, hey Morrison fuck them they don't get it you know like he's yeah. he's just a total good hype man and I like his energy so he's good um, there's so many character actors Obviously, Crispin Glover's Andy Warhol performance is outrageous. Um, it's alternately, it's alternately, brilliant and completely derailing.
2: He does <laughs> <laughs> weird stuff with his tongue all the time. Yeah, he
0: goes like, you know, uh, that there were too too many people there, who were cr- crushing the paintings. Oh, <laughs> like putting his tongue up, you know. Yeah. So he's good. Um, Michael Wincott. I love Michael Wincott. He's the guy with the raspy voice. He plays Paul Rothschild. Yes, you might rec- you might recognize him from uh, Robin Hood, the Crow, yeah. the Crow, or Robin Hood, or whatever. Your poison, Prince of Thieves, Prince, yes. a long-cam spider, A long-cam spider. But I, I want him. I love him in this. This is probably my favorite. Michael Wincott. He's because he's not a villain or a killer, and and um, he's he's again a really positive guy, um, mm. but also has some great lines. You know, like. What is it? He he just little things like he he says like, when he first meets him, he's like you know you guys are like you guys are like Bertolt the uh, cabaret, you know rock and roll, and he when he's all he, he's a, he's another good hype man there, but he's got two um, lines with more pathos. He's the guy who says you know. Um, I look out. I look. I see you in the booth, uh, You know. I see Jim. I hear him, and I miss him. And he fucking tell me how that works. So, he, so he's got that. But he also says you're only friend. The end. You know. I'm not going to give you what you want. You know. Yeah. So all that great stuff. I really love him. I mean, do you guys notice any good character actors that you you like?
1: Uh, well, actually, the one that kept getting in the way for me was the um, the lead guitarist. And he will always and forever be the dude from the start of Pulp Fiction oh, with the big Kahuna burger. Frank Whaley, I oh. ju- I just can't ever see that man and not have him be that guy.
0: I mean, but that's that is iconic. Like that's you know, yeah. He's I think he's been in a few Ollie movies. Um, Frank Whaley, but uh,
1: he's wasn't he the fake Oswald? in JFK (laughs) yes he is in JFK
0: same year same year yeah that was
1: fucking insane when I saw that give it
0: up for this fucking movie give it up for Oliver Stone I think that's as epic as uh, Steven Spielberg Schindler's List Jurassic Park same year JFK The Doors same year Schindler's List Masterpiece Jurassic Park a slight but notable good movie same deal here JFK Masterwork Doors is pretty good so Mm. There you go. Bang, bang.
2: Well, Stone did say that he regrets not spending a little bit of extra time on the doors, that he had to rush into JFK.
0: Yeah. But, you know, I mean, the, know, part of the reason do? the movie's got, it, it got its charm is that it, it was mm. just done so quickly. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's feverish, you yeah. know, just like a total, um, I don't know, yeah, rollercoaster ride. Mm. Yeah.
2: Well, I can't believe we've gone this long without talking about Val Kilmer's performance more deeply and so he did a lot of preparation for this role uh including you know losing weight and gaining weight uh he spent six months rehearsing Doors songs every single day um he spent hundreds of hours with the Doors producer Rothschild uh who would tell him you know anecdotes and stories and tragic moments and humorous moments stuff like that um, also, uh, the producer Rothschild took took Kilmer into the studio and helped him with some sort of pronunciations and some idiomatic things that Jim would do. Um, he also met with uh, the guitarist and the drummer, but Manzarek refused to talk to him. Oh, fucking So, Manzarek. you know. Um, but what's interesting is when the Doors heard Kilmer, uh, Kilmer singing, they couldn't tell the difference between him and Morrison's voice, which is amazing. And so some of the stuff they did... So whenever you see Jim, uh, whenever you see Val Kilmer, who's playing Jim, sing, they're actually using Val Kilmer's voice for that, and then anytime it's just sort of like the soundtrack, it's it's the Jim Morrison original. But then at the concerts, what you see is they'll cut between the two vocalists, so if anything is close up on Val Kilmer, it's his voice, and then anything that's that's kind of wide and kind of far away, then it cuts back into mm. into Jim Morrison's voice. They've got to be mixing. They've got to be
0: doing a mix of the two. Why you know, like constantly yeah,
2: they they're going back and forth, for sure. Yeah. Um so I mean he he spent like over a year preparing for this fucking movie. He looks know. um amazing. It's, it's the best he's ever looked.
0: It is it, like like I just you know, this is this is him for me. Yeah, this movie is just—he's just like a, a revelation. He just looks—I love every, every uh, all the early stuff where he just looks like a total Adonis. Yeah, you know, and that hair—awesome mm-hmm. hair. Yeah,
1: yeah. but it, how far away was this from Top Gun?
0: This was maybe four years after. Okay, Because he was
1: after. jacked in Top Gun, and his leaned out so much in this one. So this was he w- closer to Willow, I think. Mm. Right.
2: Well, he was he was uh, cast kind of off the back of Willow. So Oliver Stone saw him in Willow and, and, and approached him to do it, thought he was the right guy. And then Val Kilmer apparently spent a couple of thousand dollars producing his own uh, audition tape for Oliver Stone to, to get the gig as well. Amazing. So. Uh,
1: I did write down in my notes, is Iceman going to bang Goose's wife? He did um, but, he, but he did Yes, he did. but uh, no like I, I think I mentioned before to me, uh, his performance really rescues that character a lot and and you know and um yeah, i did it like the like obviously they they, they did an amazing job with the mixing uh, between the two because you know so many times you watch like uh, a performance or, or like a, um, you know, music-themed movie and you can just tell when, when an actor is singing and when they're not and, yeah, it was flawless in this.
0: Yeah, because ideally it should be it should be a performance. It should be a, a um, uh, I don't know, it should be something else. It shouldn't be just the thing. It needs to be something new but mm. like the thing. Otherwise, why don't we just listen to the album? Yeah. You know, so it's, it's a weird space because I know everyone's like, well, I want to hear the doors. And you go, I know, but you got the doors. So don't you want to hear, you know, this is Oliver Stone and Val Kilmer's doors. Don't you want to hear something different, you know, like an interesting cover band? <laughs>
1: <laughs> now we're going to do something extremely fun. We're going to play a wonderful game called Who is My Daddy and What Does He Do? Just to recap, a lot of the times in our youth when we'd watch a lot of these 90s movies, we'd be looking for father figures. Uh, and so I'm going to pose potential father figures to John and Astro, and they have to pick which one they prefer to be their dad. Not too much to go on with this one, given that, I mean, this movie is called The Doors, but it might as well be called Jem or Morrison. Um. So, imagine obviously. If it
0: was called Ma- Morrison or Jim. Imagine if it was called just, Jim. Just
1: Jim. <laughs> Jim. <laughs> or, or, or something. Well, sh- something shitty like Jimmy that no one ever called him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that <laughs> rock movie.
0: Him. There's some Barack Obama movie. Where he's- Barry. It's called Barry. Uh,
1: really? Yeah. Did yeah. anyone ever fucking call him Barry?
0: Yeah. Actually, early on, I think they did. Okay. That was We learned that from Norman Finkelstein That was, that was when he used to smoke tune and mm. play basketball. Yeah. Anyway,
1: maybe anyway, Val Kilmer as Jim Morrison Prose, amazing singer, songwriter, poet Cons, pretentious, self-indulgent, self-centred, substance-addicted, flaky, impotent He might burn you in a closet and he clearly does not want children Given that he talked someone into an abortion
2: well. Your other options? He, he is quite good with those kids at the party though
1: Brings
0: presents as well.
1: Okay, that's true. I'll give him that. Well, I mean, dresses
0: up. He's fun. He puts a hat, puts an Indian hat nice. on and stuff.
1: So he'll be good with other kids, but not you, because mm, he never wanted you. But anyway, let, let, let me get through the other ones. Carl uh, McLaughlin as Ray Manzarek, uh, great musician. Uh, much more together than Jim. Cons. He's just not Jim. <laughs> and the final guy. <laughs> The naked bald guy. I couldn't find his character name or the actor playing him. Pros: He's reliable. He's always there. <laughs> and at the end, he seems very good with kids. Uh, cons: He's always naked. So every time he's there, like picking you up from school, dropping you off on dates, all the rest of it, naked every time. Got his dong out, and he could be death. So, but, but that's just his culture.
0: Also, yeah. have you sure. noticed that unlike unlike some of the 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 drag time story hour people and the the pride kinkos, um, he at the party with the kid he it's the first time he does have clothes on. So actually,
1: no, you're, you're he 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 was also cross dressing at other things. He, he that, does sometimes. True.
0: No, have no, but on. he's mostly naked. But I'm just saying he's got a bit of decorum. Like he's like, oh no, he's like, yeah, yeah, I like to get naked, but like you know, not when there's kids around. He's, that's weird. He goes, he goes, if there's adults around, you I'll, I'll get it all out, but. You know there's kids around man It's it a different weird. time what's wrong with you <laughs> yeah yeah that's right it's a different time
2: yeah so anyway so uh ricky i i think jim is probably the worst father in the world probably mm. if 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 we're to uh accept oliver stone's depiction of him mm. then there's there's no way you could you could pick pick jim morrison as your don't, father. don't you
0: don't you put boundaries up what i'm allowed to pick <laughs> <laughs> Don't
2: you key. would you would get a lot of like pussy runoff from like saying that you were Jim Morrison's son. So true. You know? I reckon. I mean, anyone you'd be getting around laid, him. you'd be getting laid to this yeah. day. Just saying I swear that to you're God, his
0: son. you could be you could be his golf caddy and you would be getting run off. Like, yeah. it doesn't anyone around him. There'd be so much. You'd just be like, you know, thank yeah. you, thank you, Jim. Mm. You know, anyway.
2: And then, and then Ray, you know, he's 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 a stiff man. He is a stiff. Yeah, he's a very straight laced. He'd have you practicing your your you know your churning exercises on the piano and your Hannon exercises. You know, three hours a day, whatever.
1: Well, I mean, is he a stiff though? Is he or is he just a stiff compared to Jim? Because in the movie, uh, obviously, we know from real life that okay. He 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 seems to come off worse in real life than he does in the movie. But there's there's that moment at the beginning when they're when they're writing or, or they're all working on Light My Fire, where he goes, "All right, everyone, kind of get out. I got to work on the music." That and He kind good. of starts doing it on his own, and then they don't get too far and starts calling about, "All right, I got it, I got it," and it's like, oh, so that and was actually. Wicked.
0: He, there's a moment where he's really enjoying himself as well. It's it's in the Light My Fire success montage and mm. it, it, like Jim launches himself into the crowd and it cuts to to Ray and he's like, lo, he's like loving it. He's like, ah, oh, playing Light My Fire. And so, yeah, that you do see a bit more of that.
1: And like you said, Astrid is a great hype man. He's the one that, you know, he gets so g'd up by Jim's poetry that he's like, oh man, we've got to start a band. We're going to make a million dollars.
0: Yes. Mm. Yeah, we need, we do need people yeah. like
2: that. Yep.
0: And what there was death
2: as well. Yeah. Well, the 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 huge pro for the 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 Indian guy is, you know, all of that. All of that indigenous cash flow that could come your way. You know, if you could if you could game the system like you know, like an Elizabeth Warren or someone like that who can constantly be leaning on your leaning into uh, you it. know, he's your, never
0: heard of it as well. Like he's just going about his business, like dancing and being shamanic and whatever, and you you come to him and say, Hey man, you know what? Like, you know, there are other ways of knowing. And, you know, you could, and, and there are say, other ways of making money. And, and, and he goes, and when I say that, I mean, here's all these grant applications. <laughs> could you fill them in with me? Yes. And uh, we'll get rich. Yes. And he's never heard of it before. Yeah. So yeah. you've perverted him with your with your yes.
2: colonialist ways. <laughs> so the indigenous like gravy train that you could jump on board, mm. you know, yeah. would help you out.
0: Well, that is enticing, but um, I feel look i look i don't know it's it's a tricky one i'm not i don't like as much nudity as he's into so that's probably a problem
2: not as much male nudity or your dad's nudity (laughs) because this would be your dad that's right
0: we always seem to forget that like you know yes and yeah yeah it was a hot chick or something from sweden or whatever i mean i'm I'm up for whatever but uh so yeah i don't know he's out jim yeah i i i I just i'm not sold on jim i guess Great poetry, but probably hard to wrangle.
1: Yeah. Oh, it'd be nightmarish to wrangle. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, it's, it's Ray for me.
0: Yeah, I think I'll, I think I'll go with Ray. I'll stay.
2: I'll
0: I'll, I'll I'll hit that because um, I like Kyle Kyle's performance, and you know, even even reading some of Ray's annoying stuff in real life, I'm I still like him so. You know i think I've, i think i'm on board and yeah i want that hype man i want someone who's who believes in me who's who's motivated and you know and just looks at my shitty work and says that's great they don't get it you know i, I like all mm. that
1: did did he marry a japanese woman yes he did yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you know if, if you're into if you're into you know some of that sort of culture you get a bit of that well some trips to tokyo maybe
0: you had me you had me at yeah.
2: tokyo All right, well, uh, let me hit you guys with some trivia. Uh, I have. Wait, does that mean
0: we're brothers? Isn't that what happens? Oh yeah, we're brothers.
1: Oh, you've done done it before, though. Yeah, I
2: know. I get the
1: top bunk.
0: (laughs) Yeah, actually, we need to call it. Name it needs to be like it needs to be like bottom bunk, top bunk, or something like that. (laughs) That
1: sounds so disgusting. (laughs) No,
0: no, bunk, bunk brothers,
1: bunk brothers. That sounds worse. (laughs) We're bunk brothers. I'm bottom bunk.
2: His top have you, bunk. Have I'm you ever seen that, that Will Ferrell film, Step Brothers? Yes. yes. No, I've, I've never seen it. I just always remember the, uh, the I ad. i share the, Yuri's
0: the,
1: response.
2: Yes, the trailer for it, where he jumps on the top bunk and it slams mm. down. Yeah. Anyway. I,
1: I think that movie's got about as many great comedic scenes as are maybe in that trailer. Yep. And right. then the rest not, of it... The
0: people who love it don't agree, by the way.
1: Yeah, that's the thing I was going to say. The rest of it is a legion of the most annoying fucking fans in the world yeah. quoting and, annoying... and at a
0: party, they'll spend an hour yeah. talking to you about it. And
1: Moving talking on. about the Catalina wine mixer. But anyway. Yeah.
2: Anyway, back, back to trivia. Uh, Robbie Krieger, the guitarist from The Doors, insisted that the scene showing the band rehearsing Light My Fire makes it clear that he, not Jim Morrison, composed the song. So again, those egos everywhere flying around. Um, So Val Kilmer, he broke his arm badly when he performed a jump from the stage into the crowd. The stuntman failed to catch him and it left uh, Kilmer with an abnormal growth on his right elbow and the growth is clearly visible in heat when Macaulay discovers Kilmer sleeping in his living room and begins briefing him on their itinerary.
0: Yuri will be getting out the binoculars next time he's on.
2: Yep. Uh, I've already got it playing. I don't believe it. Now, the cave scene in which Jim Morrison wanders out into the New Mexico desert was shot at uh, the Mitchell Caverns um, in the East Mojave Preserve in California. According to the tour guide there, Oliver Stone and the art department painted Indian uh, sort of paintings around the place that wouldn't wash off, and the state fined stone and banned future film shoots in the caves.
0: Oh, my God
2: so there you go That that yeah. that's a bit of colonialism right there I'm like you know that is heavy it is yeah uh, so in the scenes in which Jim Morrison was stoned Val Kilmore wore special contact lenses that made his pupils look dilated which you can clearly see like when they're out in the desert and stuff his eyes are fucking wide really wide uh so Val Kilmo was reportedly so thoroughly consumed with portraying the character Jim Morrison he had to seek psychiatric assistance to get uh to help get him out of Jim. Or wow. to get Jim out of his head. At least he did that. Yeah. Hmm. And he's not just like one of these guys that does like Jim Morrison tribute shows like you know, cabaret nights and stuff at the local RSL.
0: Yeah. Or just <laughs> makes everyone's life a living hell. Uh,
2: Jim Carrey. I, like Jim, Ke- oh, yeah, yeah, that's so bad. Um, oh, yeah, so we, we talked a little bit about the cameos. So, Patricia Keneally Morrison marries the two in the pagan ceremony, so she makes a cameo there. And uh, drummer John uh, Densmore played one of the audio engineers during the soft parade recording sessions towards the end, yeah. Uh, And, my last piece of trivia, in the commentary for the director's cut, Oliver Stone says that the concert sequences were based on the orgy scene in the Ten Commandments.
0: Hmm. Well, it's a concert movie. There's a lot of concerts in this movie. Yeah. Um, Well, before I move on to uh, our, you know, our (laughs) Toximeter. Locker room talk. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, which is, you know, locker room talk. Uh, do, do any, any other scenes you wanted to talk about Or any other bits?
1: Uh, I took very few notes um, My first one was Wes Studi With a bunch of question marks Yes, that's um, Yeah, it is And I thought that was had, Was Mohicans not Was this before Mohicans? Oh, same same, uh, vintage It kind of felt very um, There was so little of him Felt wasted Nin- 1992 Right Um. Also made me think about how batshit crazy the sixties were, where a guy can just basically break into your house, and you end up falling in love with him. Yes. Mm. And yeah, um, I
2: figured that scene would uh, would make it to locker room talk.
1: Yeah. And uh, my only other note was Meg Ryan's boob. Um, and yeah, I wrote down one kind of quote from my wife, she went, It feels like a long trip. Mm. As in a psychedelic trick. I'm like, Yeah, it does a bit. That's all I got.
0: Very good. Well I'll just say very quickly that uh Jim's Andy Warhol, Andy Warhol friends totally suck. They do. And don't don't get friends like that.
2: <laughs> well what what I always liked about that scene was the band was like, No, come on Jim, let's leave this place. Let's go get some food. Like they are you mm. know, these people are vampires, you know. They were trying to you know, sort of help Jim and and keep the band as a unit. You yes. Know. So I appreciate. But he
0: wanted that. them to stay. He maybe did. they should have stayed. I thought maybe. about this. that Maybe they should have stayed and protected him. Mm. You know, and been around him. But instead, I mean, you could take it both ways. They they yeah. left, but they they also didn't stay.
2: Yeah. Instead, but he got some head in the lift from that hot from bike. Nico. Swedish chick.
0: Yeah.
1: Actually, the scene where um he's. Where they're trying to record and his voice is shit, and then I imagine this might be coming up. Something happens and then all of a sudden he's doing great. But I'm, I'm stepping on your stuff here, aren't I?
0: Well, you know, you might be. All um, right, let's move it along then. But I do like that scene. I've always, I've always, I've always liked his his the way he sings that uh, "Touch Me." You know, when mm. he's really tired and and that, and he's like, "Huh, oh, touch me, baby," <laughs> and he's like oh. all, yeah. and and well, he's he, really drunk, and he loses. Uh, he says Up in the sky Like sort of trails off <laughs> It's quite nice.
1: <laughs> that was locker room talk uh, I'm not proud of it But it is things that people say
0: Alright, it's locker room talk uh, So just a few things And perhaps you guys can uh, fill in the gaps Because I mean, there's quite a lot to talk about really First things first uh, The most offensive aspect of the film Is the lionisation of the lead singer which is always a cishet white male. We need to dismantle this notion of the lead singer in a band in the interest of fairness and social justice. We will never be free until there are no lead singers or until I become a lead singer. And on that day, we will revisit this rule. (laughs) Jim Morrison is a womanizer, which is a charming way of saying sexual predator. And you boys mentioned it. The first time uh, uh, he meets Pamela, uh, he just sees her on the street and then the next thing we know he's followed her home watching her all day and all night and then sneaking up her balcony while her old man's inside, gets down and forces uh, a non-consensual kiss on her and then that's, you know, the signal that it's on for young and old. So that's where we start. Um, Mm. We also don't hear about, uh, you know, the other women he's abused. Which is not evidence that he hasn't abused anyone, by the way. Uh, Morrison ab- uh, abuses his power to coerce females into having sex with him consistently. Yes, they're all adults of sound mind, but does that make it right, Yuri? I am proposing legislation in which hot rock stars are not allowed to have sex. If they won't do the right thing, they will, then they will be compelled to do it.
1: Unless they're trans. It's <laughs>
0: <That's> a <transition. laughs> Then, then do what you want all the time.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, Jim is horny, and by that I mean the scene where he's chasing after Patricia uh, with a horn betwixt his legs uh, in some kind of masquerade of of, of a Harvey Weinstein uh, hotel room scene
2: <laughs> reenactment.
0: Reenactment. Uh, you know. <laughs> so I mean, that and that we're all meant to think that's a, a, a bit of fun and games. Not I. Um, Apart from the, just a small thing, apart from the black uh, gay hairdresser, there's the usual lack of LGBTQI representation in favor of young titties. Okay. Disgusting. And that says it all. Um, Little references here and there. I believe John Densmore says, oh, you know, they say we go to a club and he says, oh, you know, you always get the girls, I get the dogs. So that's what John Densmore thinks. All right. Uh, Now, cultural appropriation, Navajo. How about Navano? There is no excuse (laughs) for the way this film appropriates Native American actors, symbols and culture. The idea that a shaman spirit would inhabit a white man like Jim Morrison is offensive on its face. This is just another case of white privilege rearing its head. The white man has taken everything he wants, land, resources, women, and now souls. As we know, rather than give jobs exposure and experience to actors like Floyd Westerman, uh, one of the shamans, and West Studi, who Yuri mentioned, it's better to cancel the film entirely and make sure nobody works at all. That's uh, how we do business, all right? Uh, finally, uh, much like Casino, Oliver Stone's Doors features two separate instances of Jim Morrison receiving what I can only describe as a BJ. In the first, we see singer-songwriter Nico playing the pink flute in an elevator and then even poor Pam is made to slob on that knob. (laughs) Uh, This one-way traffic in terms of oral sex speaks volumes about the toxic patriarchal views of sex held by Oliver Stone, I suspect. I also um, think it, it just doesn't seem very realistic that any woman would want to give head to a young and attractive poet who also happens to be the biggest rock star in the world.
2: People don't say BJ enough anymore. Do they? <laughs> that's what I picked. <laughs> <laughs> or, or playing playing the pink flute, you know,
0: uh, or the flesh yeah. oboe, as the I call oboe. it. So look, I mean, that's that's what I had. I mean, anything else hit you? I mean, there is a lot of nudity in this movie. Yes. Uh, uh, from the but it's sort of incidental nudity, and I'm I'm reading in some of the background information that they said the shoot was pretty wild and they got a lot of people to come down and sort of reenact, real hippies to come down and, and and do these scenes and whatever. And then they just were, they were tripping there apparently and they would just say to them, oh, who, okay, now who wants to get naked and who doesn't? Naked people, could you just get over this side? And then like, you know, so they were really loose yeah. with, with how it was all sounds going like down. like fun times. Well, it sounds good. It sounds better than, um, I would say, everything Marvel's ever done. Mm. So there you go.
2: How toxic is this? G- given it's a biopic, you could just go, well, that's just what happened. You know, that's just, you know, a historical count of what went down.
0: Because they care about history. They They, they <laughs> care about history. They're protecting history. <laughs> just, uh, just
1: like with um, the Cleopatra Netflix doco. Yes.
0: Yes. That's right. Jim Morrison. And, it, and who would it be? to be the... the uh, Don Cheadle. Yeah, Don Cheadle. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Goodness me Well um, So You look I don't know I actually don't know So This movie um, Is made By the sort of guy That they do. Like You know They wouldn't allow Lovestone Stone to exist anymore So He wouldn't be Allowed to make this Val Kilmer Might be in it I guess um, Or someone like him But (sighs) <sighs> are we doing movies about rock stars? We do. I haven't seen the, all the ones that have come out. There's been a spate of them. There was Elton's one. There was the, the Queen one. The Queen one, yeah. And and that. But, I, I but don't... again,
2: those were so literal as well. Like I saw the Queen one not that long ago. And yeah, it's it's like the Ray Charles one, you know.
1: I mean, mm-hmm. this might be a stretch, but were they only allowed to happen because they were basically about homosexual guys? Yes. About gay dudes? Yes.
0: Yeah. Because this is a very old net well, when I say old, pre 2010 uh, vision of, of rock and roll, of, of the front man, of, look, yeah. I don't think things have changed that much. I don't think they will for a very long time, like I, if at all, I don't know. I think they you know, we'll always want a Jim Morrison. We'll always want the doors.
2: But where are the Jim Morrisons today? You know Like I mean, you take people like, what's that guy, Sam Smith? That comes out looking like a well, Harry you know, Styles is probably Harry a better,
0: a better uh, yeah. one because that other guy's a total joke. Whereas Harry Styles is more of your—he's—he's he's more a traditional rock star, I suppose. But, but he
2: comes out in a dress, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, but that's all part. You know, he goes home and takes it off.
2: I know he does, but it—it—it's it, not the same as Bowie, though. You know no, Bowie would do that sort of shit, like androgynous shit. But you knew he was slaying five chicks a night, you know.
0: Yes,
1: but also, you know, when Bowie did it, it was at least a little bit original. You know, he was doing it what fifty years ago. Yeah, it's like that shit's like it's safer now to come out in a dress. It's all it's almost like they're being conservative in a way. So it's yeah, it's not even remotely close to Bowie. You're not challenging anyone's
2: opinions or thoughts or making them think or talk or anything. It's like yeah, and doesn't Harry Styles doesn't he uh, identify as non-binary or something? I don't know. I think he does. Who
1: gives a shit?
2: Well, <laughs> but that's like, but that's like, you know, if 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 Jim Morrison, you know, I mean, uh, Jim Morrison or Bowie, like, like because that is well, he's that,
0: transracial. He identify as a shaman, an Indian <laughs> yes. shaman.
2: But but those guys would recognise that 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 is the establishment now. You know, mm. like if you were to rail rail against anything, you would go. Well, you know, Paul
0: Stanley the other day from Kiss. So he 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 sent out some. Again, are the, have these? Do these people not have the internet? I don't understand why. He he sent out something saying, "Hey, you know, we shouldn't be transitioning kids," like it would like the debate had just started. <laughs> 10, minutes ago. It is Ten minutes ago, and that he thought, you know what. Like, give me my phone. Give me my phone. I'm I'm gonna get this out. Like, you know, how come no one's saying? How come no one's talking about this? And he's and he sent it out. And again, roasted. I think the apology's already come out. I think he's just and terrified because I mean, everyone around him would be saying, if Jim had that team, the the, the media manager, all that would be saying. Um, oh jeez man, you've got to stay out of this stuff. don't touch that. don't touch that thing, mm, don't do that. Just apologize, apologize, apologize. Whereas he he didn't care about any of that seemingly. like I mean he he did also took a lot of risks and and burnt a lot of bridges and that's what we used to like about rock and roll whereas now it's it's um, about um, following the rules, it's about wearing your mask in, at the concert mm. it's
2: about. But, but if Bowie was sort of at the heart of his powers like now, he would be he would be leaning into his masculinity rather than going the androgyny that he did back. Yeah, in the day. because
0: he liked that and and we I like that too. I like surrealism that uh or surprising things that challenge the the status quo. And the status quo now is to come to work with your arseless chaps on and your dog mask and to, and and then to and to talk about your boring kinks and stuff. Whereas it's all, weirdly It's a lot more rock and roll to dress like Jordan Peterson or something like, you know, in a pinstripe suit and sit down, you know, like that's, that's bizarre. It's bizarre that it's flipped that that's more rock and roll and to sit there and go, hey, man, you can't tell me what to see, okay?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I wonder how much of it is is down to money and the fact that, because they don't really make money off album sales anymore, do they? It's all about concerts. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, maybe that's why they need endorsements and stuff. Maybe that's why they don't need—they can't piss off the audience.
1: Yeah, because well, or or at least you know, any audience. Whereas you could before you could let the music speak for itself.
0: Whereas now, if you're the Dixie Chicks, you have to change your name to the Chicks.
1: Right. (laughs) They're not the Dixie Chicks anymore. But didn't they piss off the conservatives? This first. Yeah, but that was when they were cool. Yeah. And
0: now they've—they because see they oh, live so long now enough.
1: they're trying to placate the left and yes not because they have become dixie. pussies
0: again they've woken up and just gone like it's, it's all just happened five minutes ago Like they're just they're like oh geez this is crazy like i think do you know what i would do if i had integrity if i and this is my advice for the dixie chicks is that what you should do is if you get a deluge of people saying that you should change your name i think it's honestly worth cancelling the band like and saying, <laughs> and saying the band is over and saying, you know what? Not only are we not going to change the name, it'll be forever set in stone the way it is, and you don't get anything new from us.
2: I, I'm out of the loop here. Why? What's wrong with Dixie? Well, you wouldn't
0: know because you don't care about um, the American South and, and <laughs> what went on to the black man, okay? Because <laughs> Dixie is a reference to, you know, all that jazz. Whistling Dixie.
2: Dix- what, Dixieland music? Like you can't have a Dixieland jazz band? that plays well, Dixieland music?
0: Well, no. Like, I mean, you can't do any of that. No, you can't do it.
3: Yeah.
2: They should change the name to Dicks on Chicks. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: That's
0: good. Such
2: a missed opportunity. They could that, have been raking good. it in.
0: No, but they went... For, right. See, they went to... try Because they've appeased no one. They've just... Everyone's <laughs> like, you know... Whereas if they went the other way, as you're saying, at least there'd be a few crazies who'd play them at their protests. So, mm. look, your question is, is this toxic... Um I feel like it's just a very it's a masculine movie even though it's it's about a sensitive soul I think it's it's dripping in masculinity mm. I think it's not about you know it's got too much head in it and it's just <laughs> like it's about men it's about Indian men white men mm. you know like it's not about women It's got
1: know. too much Oliver Stone in it I think
0: It it does have a lot of Oliver Stone and I just don't think people would be on board to actually you tell me what do people even think of the doors now i have no idea you know what i mean like it like yeah yeah, you know
2: i I think that i think uh i mean they're they're a huge band i think people still even to this day discover them and 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 fall in love with them like there's a few imdb uh reviews of this film that i read through where people said you know this this inspired my love of the doors and and, you know written in 2019 2018 of thing. so
0: that's great it's proof of concept yeah, but Audio. again,
2: it's the, the people who would want this cancelled would absolutely hate this film because it's so masculine. Yeah,
0: but they also wouldn't watch it because it's artsy
2: true it's an and it's not literal they want the literal because, because they happened. need it to be
0: literal they need it to be the literal biopic so they can get outraged appropriately because when it's all weird and mixed up like this they <laughs> yeah. go huh what they like so you know i don't get it like what is it? you know they don't know who to get angry at they just have to get angry at really broad things like there's indians in this and you say yeah. Yeah, i know and what what else yeah. and they're like well i don't know it's hard to pick it apart there was a titty we saw Meg ryan's titty Did, was she raped is that how you saw the titty and you go, just
2: shut up. So you may as well have been, right?
0: <laughs> what, that's
1: right? Why didn't the journalists chase Morrison around with the horn? <laughs>
2: yeah, that's yeah. right. Imagine
1: that. Mm.
0: Imagine that. That that's the change they make. She should have chased <laughs> him around. And that's how and then while oh. he and then she She's doing him over the bed, and then like she screams out these lyrics, and they're they're better than actually. She's the one who taught him the end. Yeah, she said the lyrics to the end. She taught him.
1: Okay, well, in that case, she she should need to be of colour.
2: <laughs> I've I've got to say, if this was rewritten by some of those like um sensitivity readers that that wade through like Roald Dahl books Charlie and the Chocolate Factory they would they would definitely make that change where the chick chases him with the phallic with the phallus and you know she comes up with the lyrics
0: definitely yeah. all right well look i, I i'm going to go all in I, I think it's toxic but you don't okay. don't join me if you don't if you don't think it is
2: well i'm joining in it's toxic Oh yeah
0: <laughs> okay, is. This is good, it's unexpected <laughs> you, you, you kind of were with in Missouri. You were like, this great fucking lyrics, man Good, <laughs> very good
2: With the taste of my white privilege in your mouth I'm addicted to me Don't you know that I'm toxic oh, And I love titties too Don't you know that I'm toxic white, male, cisgender, patriarchy king. I can do anything. Oh, okay, well, shall we do some reviews? Yeah, go on. Okay, so Ebert did not... Well, he didn't really like this film, although he gave it two and a half stars out of four. Um, and he said uh, the experience of watching The Doors is not always very pleasant. There are songs, of course, and some electrifying concert moments, but mostly there is mournful, self-pitying descent of this young man into selfish and boring stupor. Having seen this movie, I'm not sad to have missed the opportunity to meet Jim Morrison, and I can think of few fates more painful than being part of his support system. The last hour of the film in particular is a dirge of wretched excess of drunken would-be orgies and obnoxious behavior of concerts in which the audience wait for hours for the spectacle of Morrison stumbling on stage uh, to fake a few songs or notoriously to expose himself. In the end, Stone leaves a large question unanswered: how was Morrison able to leave the country after being sentenced to jail uh, to a jail term for public indecency? But leave it he did, to die of an apparent heart attack in Paris where he lies buried to this day, his tomb a mecca for his fans who have spray-painted all of the neighbouring tombs with exhortations and obscenities. Even in death, Jim Morrison is no fun to be around. (laughs) (laughs) I I like the end of there. (laughs) So, uh, the Chicago Tribune loved this film and had quite a big predict- prediction Okay, Oliver Stone's exciting musical biography of Jim Morrison The Doors which opens Friday will accelerate a 60's revival in fashion music and in the way movies are experienced the movie will be referred to as a trip as a head film coming out As America is once again at war and protesters are again in the streets, the doors also may signal a re-examination of the decade of flower power. As Stone portrays it, it seems more important than flaky. So, big prediction there that didn't come true. 60s fashion didn't really come back in in the 90s. We didn't really have that revival. So, that was a big call. Um,
0: No, but we did get Oasis.
2: We did, but... I don't know. It's not quite the same. No. Also, not in America either. Yes. True. Yeah. So uh, I will leave my reviews with this IMDb five star out of 10 review titled No Insight at All by DG Jones62258 on the 28th of May 2021 said this was a self-indulgent middle-aged man's idea of what it would be like to be a rock god lots of sex drugs and rock and roll but very little else i was bored by this movie and it took me three viewings to finish it what do you think of that <sighs> it's
3: heavy <laughs>
0: uncharitable heavy
2: yes well that i mean that that's a that's a 2021 Reading of the film, there. It's just a middle aged man's idea of what it would be like to be a rock god, you know?
1: Mm. I, I mean, I think it's a 2021 douchebags reading of the film.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I all I can say is that I, I like this movie more now than I did before, a bit like, um, uh, who's, who said that? You, you said that, Ricky. Yeah,
2: I did. Yeah. yeah.
0: I think I like it a bit more now than I did before. Um, I've got more tolerance for the new ones. I've got more tolerance for the for the bullshit. I love all that. Um, you know, uh, and I, and I saw the story a bit clearer now. I, and I did see that moment where he's fr- where the band left and he stayed at the party. I was like, oh, okay. There's a change there. And you know, I did follow it. And then, you know, um, so there was a, a lot to like. And um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, um, I think the movie is is big, and and um, challenging, and that's good.
1: Well, I think a lot of those uh, kind of psychedelic sequences and and surrealist things, even to this date, for me, felt reasonably modern, which I think is a testament to how well that they've been done. And, um, you know, the the kind of death character being a constant thing through it and and like a lot of setups and payoffs. And I was actually unaware that Morrison died in his bathtub. So when um, there was kind of that shot, that kind of dolling in shot of him from behind in the bathtub at, at the beginning, I thought that might've been his mother. I thought he might've been remembering like finding his mother dead. And then you realize at the end, it's him. It's yeah. You know, most, most of the performances were amazing. It's full of great actors. It's I think in a very well-made film with that one caveat of what I didn't like about it, which was mainly Jim's character.
0: Yeah. Well, that's that. That's the doors. Um, where to next? Good question. Look, I feel like look, there's all we could go anywhere. We could do anything, but we to, we spoke to um a very intelligent man recently, Spencer Claven, and he he raised a, a um an, an interesting point. You know, I asked him why he memorizes poetry, and he said, you know, it's to it's partly to to fill uh it's it's to it's the furniture of his mind. You know, he wants, to, and I, yes. that's got really gotten into my head. Yeah, me too. You know what I mean. So, if you keep watching bollocks, then your mind is bollocks. So, you know, you do have to put in some effort to um to build the furniture in your mind, because and and I think it's the it's 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 also that that idea of monastery of the mind, which he did explain to us again. But it's about it's 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 also. A way of dealing with the nightmare out there the better you know if we can tackle some interesting things so i've got a couple of ways we can go but i think the one we should do is it's it's the scarier one of the three so i think we could do french connection with gene hackman which would you know we haven't done gene hackman and he's he's great so that there's a lot of good stuff in that
1: there's at least one giant landmine in that movie that i can remember
0: Okay, all <laughs> right, good. Uh, Dances with Wolves with Kevin Costner, which we we should do at some point, um, almost feels related to this movie in a way. Maybe we should have a break from the Navajo just for five minutes. Um, and uh, I th- here's, a, here's one that people do credit uh, with being quite seminal uh, in respect to action and men, and that is Seven Samurai by Akira Kurosawa.
2: I thought I thought you were going to say Dead Poets Society.
0: <laughs> that I'm writing it down. That is a great suggestion, Ricky. That is a fantastic suggestion. Uh, um, we will do it. I'm not ready uh, because I feel like it's going to hit me hard. Um, particularly now that every all the guys they talk about, all the poets they talk about, have been cancelled. Yes. And you know. It's it just wouldn't be allowed to make that movie either.
2: Men sitting around reading poetry to each other. Oh my Come god! On. And no, and <laughs> European poetry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yes, yes. Oh my god! This is going to be mm. a big show. Well, well, if I had to put my preference in, I, uh, one of my favourite films is actually Dances with Wolves. So I would love to do that. Okay. But maybe it's too close to Indian thing, you know.
0: Yuri, what do we think? What we, I've, I've set you up with the, the they're all they're all good films. I'm just saying.
1: I was thinking one of the other two actually, but uh, I mean, no no real preference.
2: Um, well, let's go lighter because we, we the doors was big, so let's do French Connection. Okay,
0: we'll do French Connection and we'll come back to the others another time. But I do love your suggestion of Deadbolt Society. That's going to be good. So we will reconvene um, with French Connection.
2: Excellent. And until then. Remember, don't, don't be, be a pussy. pussy.
1: I didn't realise we were meant to say it at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we are,
2: aren't we? We should, oh, no, are we?
0: And remember, don't, be, don't a be a pussy. Don't be a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. It's like Team uh, America. Yeah. Don't be a pussy.
1: Uh, eight, uh, eight, 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 eight.
0: Exactly. All right, gentlemen. That's it.
3: and patriarchy king. I can do anything.